Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 46 of the Scotty PK Podcast. I'm Jason Ackerman. And I'm Yvonne Ackerman. What a week. What a crazy week. Um, I'm a little under the weather, so if I cough, I apologize. Jason's a lot under the weather. He went to dinner, and normally by the end of dinner, Jason has his head in his hands because he gets really tired after he eats. And he starts just like rubbing his whole face and he turns red and he'll say, I have to lie down. But that happened at the start of the meal tonight and he's been hacking up a lung. Okay, so here's the deal. We're in Sicily right now recording this pod. Um, South of Italy, sued. Yeah. Um, And it's 95 degrees outside and places don't have air conditioning. Thank God that our hotel room does or else I would probably have killed myself by this time. So I do not do well in the heat. Jason just can't handle heat. And to be fair, we did walk around today during the hottest part of the day for maybe three hours. And we we both got a little... (coughs) Oh, there it goes. There it goes. Allora. He insisted that the pod must go on, you all. So this is how much Jason loves you. Yeah, because you know why the pod must go on? Where did we go this week? Well, we went to Osteria Francescana. Massimo Baturo's restaurant. So if you've seen season one, episode one of Chef's Table, you know the man. If you've seen basically anything, Ugly Delicious, Somebody Feed Phil. The number one restaurant um, in the world. Master of None. If you've seen pretty much any anything that's ever come out on TV, you know about Austria Francescana. And it was recently just voted number one restaurant in the world like a month ago. It was. Back to the top. It was at the top two years ago. So, so we were in Florence, and well, we need to back up about how I got this reservation, which was a very similar to thing to Noma. I had to wake up. This was even worse because I had to wake up at four a.m. East Coast time, so it must have been uh, ten a.m. in Italy to make this reservation four months ago. Um, the and unlike most of the other top restaurants in the world that go through like a reservation system, apparently Austria Francescana has come up with their own and it crashes like it's it's not built well. So like it kept on timing out and I couldn't get something. So I had to I was on there for 30 minutes until I finally got the reservation. But I got it because I'm a champion. And as Jason said, it was so Italian. Yeah, was, that's super Italian for, like, stuff not to work. And, like, you, you know, we were coming from Copenhagen where all the trains are on time. Was any train we went on this trip on time? No. No, they're just, like, late Very all the time. Late. They might show up. They might not show up. They take their siestas in the afternoon. They don't tell very, you the track until two minutes before. It's a very relaxed culture. Yeah. For sure. Very relaxed. So, Austria Francescana is in Modena, which is about an hour it's literally 62 miles away. It might even be 62 kilometers away. It's really close to Florence, but you have to take a train. You can rent a car. Um, I actually did that in the fall. You should listen to episode four. Uh, OG and Italia with my friends Vishnu and Ravi. We talked about how we went to the sister restaurant, Francescana 58. Um, Francescana. Yeah, whatever. They're so confusing. We went to a sister restaurant, which was very good. Which is um, more casual. Cash. Yeah, um, so it's an hour and a half train ride from Florence. So we get on the train. In the morning, everything goes pretty smoothly, except for an incident on the way to the train. Oh, God, I totally forgot about this. Yes. Which has to be mentioned, okay? Tell the people what you did. So I had to go to the restroom. How many times do you have to go to the restroom? A day? Yeah. I mean, I stay hydrated. You said yourself, like, you're not high. I'm hydrated. I mean, I pee, like, when we're traveling and it's hot like this, like, 40 times a day. Easily. Yeah, it's a lot. Easily. It's a lot. Um, but we were, we had, like, maybe a 20-minute walk from our Airbnb to the train station. Yeah. And so, on this walk, um, I'm like, I have to go to the bathroom. And Jason was like, well, I want to go to the 99-cent store to get a drink. Uh, life hack when you're in Florence, when you want to get waters or Powerades or coats or whatever, the 99 cent store is the way to go because everything's 99 cents. And it's literally, if you go right across the street, they're selling it for two fifty. And it's amazing because they sell like big waters and little waters for 99 cents. 
so why would you not get a big water? Now, it is a pain in the ass to carry. But anyway, so Jason was saying he had to go to the 99 cent store. I had to go to the bathroom, and I said, Jason. Now, we stayed in a hotel on our first night in Florence because Jason had gotten the Airbnb and then changed our travel plans, so he, he couldn't book the Airbnb for another night. Yeah. So we stayed in a hotel for our first night in Florence, and we were really just there for, like, I mean, it was super quick. We 12 got hours. In, we got in late. We checked out, you know, before 9. Um, we didn't even eat the breakfast. But we were right by that hotel, and I was like, do you think they let me go to the restroom? So this is a life hack that I use in America. So normally when you're traveling, and if you're in a big city like New York, Chicago, I did it in Austin a bunch, you can go into the lobby of a nice-ish hotel. Now, if there's a doorman, I don't usually try this. And they always have restrooms in hotel lobbies, and they won't harass you too much at all, ever, about using them. So it's something that I realized that, you know, you don't have to, like, use some terrible bathroom. Yeah, yeah, we did. Okay, get okay, to the so I go, Get to what you did wrong. And so Jason said, okay, I'll meet you in the lobby. So I go in there, and I just walk to where the restroom is, and I think I hear someone calling out. Because you knew the restroom because we had literally stayed there the night before. And so it's not like we were just random people either. You had, And we, our room was right next door. We the had literally was. stayed we at were this just hotel. There. We were just there like less than 24 hours prior to this. So I was like... I walked up to it and I thought I heard something behind me, but I wasn't a hundred percent sure because I was woman on a mission and I had to go to the restroom. So I went in there, went to the bathroom, come back out. And the woman who helped us check out the morning before is standing, leaning against the doorway. Okay. Like Mrs. Hannigan from Annie. Right. I mean, she is like leaning and glaring at me. And she says... Wait, everyone pause so you can look up that reference, Mr. Hannigan from Annie. Mrs. Hannigan Whatever. from Annie? Everybody knows that reference. Okay. Okay, um, we looked it up. Continue. All right. So, and she says, come with me. <coughs> and she is so freaking mad at me. She's like, are you a guest at this hotel? Who are you? What is your name? You cannot do this. This is not Okay. And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. We were guests at this hotel the night before. I'm so sorry. I mean, I wanted to die. I said I was sorry a million times. She's escorting me out of the hotel. And she said, sorry is not enough. Next time, I will call the police. And then she escorted Jason and I out. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm sitting in the lobby just waiting. And then I just see her, like, I see Yvonne running down the stairs. And this lady just, like, <laughs> following her. And then she just opens the door, and then we just walk out. I mean, it was, you guys, it was, I mean, how, how much did I freak out about that? Um, you're still freaking out about it. What was the name of that hotel so we can tell people never to stay there? It colored the whole meal for me, probably, at Osteria Francescana. Oh, I mean, I've never been kicked out of anywhere in my life. And the thing is, I really don't believe that she recognized me. So she said, like, what is your name? And I told her our name. I said, we stayed in room 107. Like, we were just here, but when we checked out... It was her who helped us check out, but I was wearing a baseball cap and like grungy workout clothes and she probably couldn't see my face. And here I had gotten dressed up for Austria Francescana. So I was wearing nice shoes, a dress, my hair was done, my makeup was on. And so I truly don't think she recognized me from the day before. Um, but the hotel's Hotel Palazzo Menchi. So never stay there. <laughs> don't stay there. It was horrible. She was so mean. We didn't even eat their breakfast. Yeah, you should not. We cleaned up the room. We always do. We're you very should not. Nice you should not be that way. It like, was so weird. Like I mean, normally in like you know I know like normally when I do it I'm not even staying there. But it's like it's a hotel lobby. It's not like I'm going into someone's hotel room. Whatever. Karma will come back around. It was so crazy, and I almost cried. I felt so guilty. She made me feel like I'd really done something jail-worthy, and I'm so into Amanda Knox. I'm a huge fan of Amanda Knox. Not guilty in our books. Not guilty. And the eyes of the Italian courts. And now. I'm telling you, I was like, Jason, like, they're going to – because I told her our full name because I was like – I was, you know, I was like, we stay here. I'm like, they're going to flag our passports. So, you guys, if I can't come back to the States, it's because the lady at that hotel flagged my passport – and I'm going to have to stay here in Italian jail. Allora. What do they call the jail again? I don't know what they call the jail. No, the police. Carbonari. The Carbonari are going to come get me, guys. Yeah. Just I doubt so it. you know. Um, anyway, so that happened on the way to the train station. Yeah, that was. The train there was pretty uneventful. Everything ran basically on time, except for maybe a 20 minute delay. Yeah. Nothing crazy. We got there with. 
about 40 Excuse minutes me. to spare. Yeah. So Modena is a very sleepy town. Yeah, it's very small. Very small. But what's cool is it's right in the middle. So where Modena is, it's really close to Parma, where Parmesan comes from. It's where uh, Ferrari and Maserati are from. And balsamic vinegar. And balsamic vinegar is what actual Modena is known for. So like it's got a it's known for a bunch of stuff, but it is a very small town. And it's Emilia Reggiano. We were trying to figure region. out what the equivalent would be in the U.S. And I said Asheville, and you said Asheville's bigger. No, I said Asheville has more going on. Which should tell you the size of this. I mean, not town. as many things were invented in Asheville, but it's like it's a very sleepy small town. Yeah, maybe if it was like Hershey, Pennsylvania, or something. Maybe that's more of an anyway. apt comparison. Yeah. Anyway. So we got there. It's um, a small town. We got there. We, by the time we like actually walked to the place, we still had about 20 minutes. Yeah, we got there at 1210. And we tried to open the door, and it's like no-go. Cannot open the door. And we're the only people outside. Except there's like toots. In, so it's literally on like this street in the middle of Modena. Very unassuming. Like and they have like the whole block. So they're going back and forth between buildings, getting ready. And we're just standing there. They've got their office in one building, a wine cellar in the other. The servers are in the alley having their last minute cigarettes before a service starts. Yeah. Um, Very Italian. And normally if you go to your reservation like 20 minutes early, they'll let you come in or they'll let you at least... Like at 11 Madison Park, they had a lounge area where you could have a drink first. Yeah. But they... Did not open the door until 1227. Yeah. So we, we were, were the first there. We were the first there. Most people showed up probably around 1220. So we're all just standing there and they open the door. And and everybody is taking pictures in front of the door yeah. and the sign, us included. Uh, it's a very pretty building. It's like the salmon color with the yeah. gold plated sign. A very, you know, small, you know, unassuming sign. But Yeah, you would never know that the number one restaurant in the world's there. Oh, no, you'd walk right by it yeah. if you didn't know and it was there. In fact, many people did. Yeah. They were like, what are all these people doing waiting outside? Yeah. So we were like not the absolute first people in because one of the things that we've noticed in Italy is that people pay no respect to lines Oh, there's here. no order. There is no order and there's no lines. You just have to get used to that. People just push right ahead of you, which like, is fine. If you're I mean, in the line at the airport, like, there's no line. So you could be in a line and people are just going to, like, Well, we've been flying these, you. you know, cheaper, like, European airlines that you have to do when you're flying in Europe. Well, you don't have to, but it's cheaper. And they don't, well, I mean, I'm just saying they don't have, like, American <laughs> or Delta. Yeah. Well, they do. Some places, but... I thought you said they didn't. I asked you that yesterday. Well, that's because I didn't want to tell you that we can't afford a Delta flight. Because oh. we spent it all in Austria. Well, why didn't you just tell me? Well, Because now I look well, like an asshole now. No, you don't look like an asshole. There are, like... You could take bigger airlines in between. Not, like, a Delta, but you could take, like... We're flying a airlines. British Airways or an Alitalia or, like, a main airline. But we're flying the cheap airlines. We're flying the ones where they won't even give you a glass of water for free and the bathroom's out of order. Yeah. <laughs> and Jason got tuberculosis. No, no, you take you go to the bathroom, there's just a hole in the plane. Um, but also, they don't call you by any kind of rows or zones. So, for me, it's very stressful because they're just, like... Everybody on the plane. Yeah. <laughs> and so, first come, first serve. But we're, I got you priority on most of them. But so. anyway, so, but here even, like, people just push and shove ahead, but that's, it doesn't really matter. But um, we go inside. Prepare to be pushed, and, is what we're trying to say. I mean, yeah, I mean, we're not in a hurry here. We know we have a table. So, the restaurant is very interesting because it's all segmented into smaller rooms. There's no one big dining room. You can never see the kitchen. It just goes from the entrance to a hallway to different rooms. And in the rooms, there aren't even any... Well, the room we were in didn't have a window. And there were three tables. Yeah, so it's basically they lead you to your room, and then you're just there, and you don't know what's going on. You don't even know what time of day it is. Yeah, it's kind of different from most of the restaurants now, the top restaurants. They're not like that. I mean, open concept... (coughs) Open concept is very in, right? So yeah, the only place that's like that, you know, high ceilings and windows. French Laundry was like that to a certain extent, although it did have a pretty open kitchen that you could see into and windows. Like you couldn't, um, but it had like smaller rooms. Yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll just say right now we didn't like that too much. 
Yeah, well, it was... It's it an was, old building. It was different, and it, once you've been to these other places... And we should also say that if you listen to last week's pod, we did just go to Noma, which is hard to follow up on because um, Noma's so cool and just so revolutionary that you after that it's like you know nitpicking because this is clearly a top you know rate number one in the world. It's clearly a top restaurant. So, but it's not know, just we would pre- we, we went would to we Noma. prefer there we, were some this this was an issue, but we prefer an open like I would I. We definitely prefer an open kitchen or, or, or a window. Layout. I mean, think about it. Even no, just no, no. Basic I don't want to. No, just I like to be. If there's a nuclear bomb, I like to know that I might survive. Let me tell you. So I was okay with that. I see you that. now, sick. You're not going to survive anything like that. Um, you're barely surviving this head cold. I think you need to take that back because you're not a survivor. I am not a survivor when it comes to zombie apocalypses, <laughs> but a nuclear bomb, depending upon the situation, like. Well, I might want to survive that. I'm being honest about it. I didn't like the layout. I thought it was old fashioned and dark and cavernous. And I felt isolated. Yeah. I agree with you. And also, the atmosphere from the minute you walk in, um, this is something that we've talked about too. So, a lot of restaurants are changing from being so stoic and buttoned up when it comes to fine dining, right? Like where you can hear a pin drop and everything is uber formal. Um, Austria Francescana is still very formal. Are you saying that they need to loosen up their buttons, babe? Yeah. That's what I thought you were saying. Loosen up those buttons, babe. Yeah. I mean, you agree, right? Yeah. I agree. But I think as we will talk about this review as well, is that you have to remember that this is Italy. Italy is very traditional. And this restaurant is very traditional. I mean, just like the restaurant culture so he, the way, like, I think more so in Italy and probably in France, too, than any other place, it's like you have to pick and choose where you're going to, you know, go off the beaten path. And I think Austria was not willing to make that move. And it could also be a structural issue. Like, it's in an old building on this road in Modena. Like, they might not be able to... No, but, but their vibe could be more relaxed. And I disagree. This is Jason and I disagree about a lot of things on this restaurant. Yeah. Um, but see, he doesn't really seem, he doesn't care about tradition. I mean, people have been telling him that his whole career. Like, and he started out doing no tradition. And, I don't and think he's added in a little bit. I don't think he doesn't way. care about tradition. No, but I'm, I'm, he, he looks at tradition and he changes it. He's not afraid of changing tradition. Yeah. When I, it comes to his food, he's agree, not. He's I not do. afraid of playing with the form. And so I don't understand why with the environment it is the way well, it is. Well, I think he might, maybe he wants it to be like, okay, you're walking into the super fancy meal that you're used to seeing. Oh, you're not going to get what you used to get. That could be part of it. Yeah. That could I mean, I agree. I, per- I personally do not like it. That's all I'm, I'm, I'm saying. I don't, it's, but it's an old fashioned. But I can see what he's like trying to come from. It's an uncomfortable vibe. Yeah. You, you don't enjoy yourself as much when... Like, no one was talking in this room we were in. Yeah, and I kind of like that because Jews are used to that. Uncomfortable stuff. If you talked, you felt like you shouldn't be. You felt like you needed to be whispering. Yeah. I mean, you felt that way, right? Yeah. I'm joking. This is a joke. I didn't... Jason and I are not, we're not really getting along tonight, <laughs> and to be honest with you, it's been a long trip. <laughs> I I agree with you. I I can see why they I'm did in it. This tiny I don't bed think and it... breakfast with him, and honestly, I might murder him. I don't think it. I think we prefer definitely open. I would have much rather have an open thing, but I can see why they do. Like, you don't have to be an apologist for this restaurant. Yeah, sure. That's all I'm saying. I'm not going to... Yeah. Let's continue. I mean, we have differences of opinion about it. All right, let's get to the food. Let's start out with the bread, because I think we agree on this. I fucking hope so. (laughs) Oh, well, now this is explicit. That's like the third curse word I've said. Okay. You guys, I ate so many desserts tonight. I hate myself now. <laughs> All right. Tell how many people, desserts tell, did I eat? I can't even count that high, and I'm going to count it. What's your... Uh, All right. Talk about the bread. So the bread comes out, and we're like, Jason said, and I quote, ooh, bread. Yeah. Ooh, bread. Because you like We it. love bread. We do like it. We love bread. bread. You guys know that about... So what they did us. is they brought out a super traditional Italian bread, which is basically just bread, no salt, no Very pepper. Plain. And it's just... No flavor. Yeah, no flavor. And the other thing I've noticed in Italy is that they don't... 
Apparently, it's an American thing. <laughs> Sorry. It's an American thing to bring out oil and balsamic with the bread in Italian restaurants. Because I'd say four out of the five restaurants we've been to in Italy, they just bring you dry bread. Yeah, and the bread's all the same. So I think it was, you know. It's typical Italian, like. Again, they brought out the typical Italian however, bread. However, the first place, we first night we were in Italy, we had that focaccia that had salt and herbs on it. Yeah, that was good shit. And that was the best we've had. But this was just very plain, nothing with it, and we were sort of like, okay. And then you almost wonder if they felt that way too, because after that, they bring out two more breads. After you've had that one for about five minutes. They bring out these olive oil toasted long breadsticks. Which were good. You know, like the skinny, crunchy breadsticks. And then they brought out, was it two different kinds of rolls? Yeah. Two different kinds of lighter bread that was a little bit better than the first, but still nothing. Yeah, so maybe they bring that out as to show like, okay, this is traditional like shitty bread. Like a non tradition, yeah. But yeah, it's kind of weird as your first bite, you get this like flavorless bread. And most, bre- most bread, at all this stuff around the world, like the best restaurants, is really freaking good. Like Noma, they have this awesome sourdough. Um, and Well, and in most places, you don't get the bread at a fancy restaurant first like that. That's the first place that's done that. Um, even, even the French Laundry. Eleven Madison Park did it. No, they didn't. The bread came out third. We had the black and white cookie, and then we had the broth, and then we had the bread. Yeah, but it was, yeah. Very rarely is it the first thing they bring to your table. Yeah, the very, very first I'm thing. I'm telling you, right. Jason's not going to agree with me on anything I say tonight, guys. I just literally agreed with you. So I'll just, I'll see myself out. <laughs> wow. I literally just agreed to with you. To the mean streets of Sicily, where there's probably a lot of mafia activity. Well, you'll make money there, so you'll be the queen of the mafia. Jason's too. told me not to talk about the mafia, and all, no, 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 I didn't all tell I want to do that. is talk about it. You can do whatever you want. I mean, just... Oh, so no straw. <laughs> it's here. <laughs> I just said you probably shouldn't, but... Well, I know, but we're in our Airbnb, or bed and breakfast, <laughs> so now I can. Struza. Hello, that. All right. All right. So, so they, they how bring... many of those breadsticks did I eat, the long crunch? Well, here's breads? the deal. You broke up all of them. No, I ate the them. many pieces. No, uh, I did you not. You ate at least seven. You ate at least seven. Okay, Jason, let me tell you a rule about etiquette and bread. And maybe you don't know this. You're not supposed to eat any kind of bread item just from the roll. So if it's a piece of bread, you're supposed to break off a small piece and eat it. You're not supposed to sit there gnawing from a huge bread roll. So I did the same thing with the breadsticks. I broke them into pieces and then I ate them. Now, one tiny piece fell on the floor. Uh-huh. A tiny piece fell on the floor, but I did not break any up and not eat them, except for the one that fell, and that was not intentional. Yeah. But I did eat, like, seven. I'm glad we clarified that. All right, let's go to our first bites after the bread. The All right. first real shit. So the first dish is a play on fish and chips. Yeah. Okay, so it's supposed to be, like, a traditional Italian dish um, <laughs> with... A tiny little fishy, a tiny little sardine, um, but then they make, um, they have a spin on it. Why don't you go ahead and talk about it, Jason, through your coughs of agony? Yeah. It's basically a little chip, you talk? and the chip contains the fish, and then it has a little daub of magic on top. I actually really like that bite. Did you like it? Yeah, I like that one. And then they also brought out at the same time... These other really small bites, which is, this is pretty typical for a restaurant like this. So this wasn't actually on the menu. It was just, okay, we're going to bring you some little bites. And they were some fancy sardine type things, um, a potato, little cake, uh, a lawn thing with Parmesan. And the reason why we don't have all this described out is because when they brought all this to us, there was the guy who was telling us, he was speaking English, but a very thick Italian accent. So we didn't catch some of this. Especially if it wasn't on the menu. So they brought out a bunch of stuff. It was all pretty good. And then we got our first real dish, which was insalata de mare. Which insalata is, de mare. Which Say is basically, it with us. Yeah. This is Italian, with Scallion pancake. Um, allora. Allora. Um, OG in Italia. So seafood salad. And it was basically a piece of 
um, lettuce that they had charred. Phil ate this on Somebody Feed Phil. Yeah. He did. Um, it I'm, had, I'm rolling around on this bed right yeah, now. Yeah, you're making a lot of noise. Am I? And it was filled with like all these different types of very small pieces of seafood. And then they had these chips of seaweed that they made and put like together. Like little nori chips. And I really liked that. I thought it was It was good. good. It wasn't blow my mind good, but it was it was good. It was better than the bread. Yeah. And it was better than the small bites. Maybe just as good as the fish and chips bite. Yeah. From there, we had a huge miss. Yeah. So this was called burnt. Which is a really cool concept. So when it comes out, it, the presentation is wow. Yeah. So it's I all mean, black. Literally all black. And black it's a chip. Plate. It's basically a sandwich with cuttlefish and squid ink. And then there's a soup of squid ink that's very strong. And you basically dip it into each other. And here's I actually, the thing. I, I actually like, kind of liked it. So I like the concept. I mean, we were at a really fancy steak place the other night called La Giostra. And which piece of steak did I say is the best? Um, okay, he doesn't listen to me. The burnt charred one. Okay, so, I mean, everyone knows that those little charred pieces of meat, I mean, that's, of course, where all the carcinogens are and it's not good for you. But they're often very, very tasty. Mm-hmm. So I understand where he's going with this flavor profile. Um, the taste of burnt can offer a lot of umami and savoriness. Yeah. Um, but I found this, first of all, gimmicky. It said burnt on it, and it yeah. was all black, and I just thought it was like... Yeah, the fact that it they had printed burnt in English on the top of it was a little strange. looked a little dated to me, almost like what you'd get at a fine restaurant, you know, in the late 90s or something, like early 2000s. Yeah. Like, they're trying to be innovative, but it was just a little clunky. Um, I did not like any of the flavors in this, um, and it was also messy. Like, I definitely went yeah, to the bathroom. It was, it was definitely messy. You get squid ink in your teeth. I really liked the soup. I, the cracker was the a soup little, was better. A little hit or miss. I, I agree. This one wasn't. This was definitely bottom. This was the lead. I'd say like this was the miss of the whole meal. All right, but then we got something good, which was um, soul. And this one, if you've seen somebody feed Phil, this is like, they had just come up with this when he went to this restaurant. So it's basically soul, and they take seawater, and they turn it into a, I don't even know what you so would call So it's a this. play on fish on papillote, which is when you bake fish in parchment paper. So here, instead of actually, I think they do bake the fish in parchment paper, but then when they serve it, they serve it with this seaweed paper all around it. So it has the effect of as though it's just been unwrapped from the paper, but then you can eat the paper. Yeah, and the paper is supposed to like remind you of the sea. And it has all give you of the aromas. Like the, the broth is infused with the vegetables that's usually baking with the fish and the paper. Um, I thought this one was good, but not anything flavor-wise that blew me away. Jason liked it a lot. Yeah, we're getting a theme here. All right. Well, that's the tomato soup. I love this one. So you I know you think I'm being soup. an asshole, but I, I, I don't think that's being what I honest. said. I didn't say that. I love this one. This was tomato soup. It was actually called Autumn in New York, Summer in Modena. So what they do, this basically stays on the menu and they basically take whatever is local um, in Modena. So basically Summer in New York or Autumn in New York, that's a Billy Idol song. So it's basically a play on that. But and he loves rock music, Massimo Batura. So that's why I call it summer in Mona because it's summer. They basically go to the market, whatever's fresh, that's what they make this dish out of. So, so summer, tomatoes, tomatoes are fresh right now, and they just made it basically an awesome A very thin soup. broth, like a consomme, um, with a sun-dried tomato in it. So it was very light but very flavorful, and that so that was the first dish where I was like, oh, yes, this is very good. But then that really led into the next one because the next dish was the dish that we were both the most excited about. Yeah, so this was the Five Ages of Parmesan, and this is the dish that they're most known for. So it's five, it's only Parmesan, but it's five different ways, and each way is a different aged amount. So they have a cream, they have two mousses, one's like a little bit thicker than the other. Then they have a chip and then a foam. And this 
This was the outstanding dish. It was so good, and I could have eaten 400 of these. I mean, the flavor on this, I mean, like, you hopefully haven't had you parmesan. love Parmesan. You haven't had Parmesan. Like, you think you like Parmesan. You haven't had Parmesan until you've had it in Italy, and this just took it to a whole other level. And I talk about this. I've probably said this on the pod 400 times, but, like, the gelato here, like, it's just the ingredients are better here. The tomatoes are better here. So, like, the pizza's better here. Everything is fresh. Like the I mean, we had a simple tomato here. salad tonight from some nothing restaurant, and I've never tasted a salad like that. Yeah, it was a three Michelin star restaurant tonight, but that's nothing for us. Oh, stop. He's <laughs> lying. I'm joking. I'm joking. But, yeah, so, I mean, and the best part about eating, to me, is variety. So, getting just a pure flavor of the Parmesan in so many different textures really provided variety but also purity in this dish yeah so it it was it was something special and it was jason probably could have eaten 10 more of those yeah so i'd say that pretty much i know i've been sort of a naysayer and i'm just trying to be honest with you guys and jason thinks it's from the letdown of noma and maybe he's right i don't know but this dish is worth it just the five ages of parmesan in it of itself is worth it yeah worth the trip go to agree This part of the episode is brought to you by Modena. Visit, visit Modena. Do you like a sleepy Italian town? <laughs> Modena. Where the vinegar is thick. The vinegar is thick. All right. <laughs> next, uh, next course was called um, In the Forest? In the Countryside. So this had snails, hare, which is rabbit for you people. Bun bun. Bun bun. That was Yvonne's rabbit that she, I think, how many times did you kill it? No, I didn't kill it. My parents made me get rid of it. I had bun bun and then I had bun bun the second. (coughs) I want to eat cough over my joke. So this was the only pasta dish. So it had one little tiny, beautiful tortellini. It had a couple tortellinis. Well, a few, but it wasn't very many. And that was filled with the rabbit or the hare, if you will. Yeah. And then there were some little um, snails snails, and then a a bunch of... uh, like a green sauce on top of that with some herbs. Yeah. And then some chopped up herbs and lettuce. I really like that one. That one should have been called Spring in My Heart. Yeah, that one was really good. That was perfect. Such a good spring dish, even though it's And summer. then... And, and then, then it happened. Okay, so then I'm literally I telling Yvonne, like, what are you going to do with Massimo Batura walk through that doorway? And I was and like, he, wa- he literally cry. walked through the doorway maybe three minutes after that. And he goes, so there's three tables in our little room. He goes, talk to this other table. And I'm like, Yvonne, turn around. And we are freaking out. Freaking out. Yeah. So we know he's going to come talk to us because, first of all, the nicest guy. Like, this is the only, okay, so we went to Maido in Peru. The guy came and talked to us there, but he was, like, clearly shy like just can't it was very nice for him to talk to us we but, actually asked him to come over but well you kind of was just you were staring at him from no behind. i went and asked at maido mm-hmm. oh i didn't know that yeah he was going over to other tables oh i didn't know that learned something new on the pod today um yeah i'm a but massimo went he talked to everybody like legitimately talked to each table for two minutes which is uh, insane. We had a conversation. He asked where we were from. We started from Charlotte. He was like, I do not know where that is. And I was like, don't worry. He's you never don't need heard of know. us, guys. But he knew Charleston because Sean Brock had cooked at his restaurant like a couple months ago. And he was like, he was smoking everything up in Modena. That's Sean Brock. And then we laughed. And then we asked for a picture. So we got pictures with him, which I think everyone asked. And then like as soon as we did that, the first table didn't ask for the pictures and they asked. And they were so, like, oh, we didn't know we could ask. Can we have a picture? And yeah. it was like, oh, come but on But so nice. So nice. He was like, you know, we, we, we just went to Noma and Rene Rizepi was there and he didn't, go, he didn't do this. He didn't go to every table. And the people that we met there from Australia, I think we, we mentioned that they knew him tangentially because that guy was a chef. So he did go talk to, to their table. So yeah, that's what made that was this the only table even more special to. because, I mean, like he was really talking to everybody and we were just nobodies, obviously. Yeah. And not just talk to, not just say like, hello, how was your, how's the meal going? Trying to he make like a legit connection. wanted to talk with you. Which is why it's so strange. That that's the part I keep coming back to that the atmosphere in the restaurant is so uptight because he is like the kindest least uptight person you could ever imagine yeah it seems 
So, you know, it must be something to do with what Jason is saying about the, you know, wanting to keep the Italian tradition. Um, because you would just meet him and think that the environment and the restaurant, like he likes rock music and there's fun art in there. And if you see any of these, like all the shows, well, yeah, if you see the shows, like the, the kitchen is pretty wild. Like it's going pretty crazy back there. Like they're playing music. They're doing, they're doing fun stuff. And then the dining room is like elevator music. Yeah. Not really. A lot of Frank they, Sinatra. They played good music. They played good oldies music. All right. Our next one was, uh, the fallow deer. Yeah, that one was really good. Um, it was called just fallow deer. <laughs> wow. I think I just said that. Well, I didn't think that was the whole thing. Um, it was served with a green sauce and a mango sauce and with blueberry. And a blueberry sauce. So the blueberry sauce reminded me of Aquel Due, which is a restaurant in Florence and also in San Diego, Washington, yeah. D.C. Yeah, and our friend Sarah from Charlotte Food Scene recommended that we try that this trip, and we didn't get around to it, but Jason had been there, actually. Yeah, they're known for their blueberry state, so this is kind of a really good take. I've, I've never really had – I've had venison before, but mm-hmm. not – like a deer steak like this. But even better than the deer, it was served with this piece of Swiss chard um, and rolled up inside of that was a really fresh <coughs> peach. And that went really well with the steak. Yeah. That was really... Did we, you just cough right in my eye? I might have. I don't know. <laughs> sure. And then as for Evis, they bring out the summer tart. Yes. In the middle of that, which I love. I like when it's like, yeah. bam, bam. They did that at Noma too, which was cool. And this summer tart was an amazing bite. So just a light, crispy uh, pastry shell filled with summer fruits, yeah. plums. So good. It was like so refreshing. I could eat one of those right now. All right. And then the next one was called Wagyu Not Wagyu, which was basically they took pork belly. They made it really thin so it looked like Wagyu. And then they put this sauce over it. This, to me, was the actual mess, like burnt I didn't care for, but I didn't think it was terrible. Like this one legitimately did not taste good to me. Yeah, it didn't taste good. And it's a cool idea, I guess, but I feel like it'd be cooler if it was like, it was vegetables and it looked like Wagyu. Yeah. You know what I mean? I didn't really get the whole play where it's like, it's pork, but it's looks like beef. Yeah. And it just made me, it just made me like want Wagyu. Yeah. Right. (laughs) It did. It, It didn't taste great. And it didn't have, it wasn't pretty looking, I guess with burnt, you could say at least it had a cool, you know, even though I'm saying it was dated, it still had a cool visual in some respects. This one yeah. did not have that going for it. So this one was definitely a miss. Uh, and then we're on to the this little bridge between the savory dishes and dessert. And this one was called Sweet Bell Peppers and Raspberries. And I really liked this. Oh, so yeah. it was a dessert, but it actually was with red peppers. And so it wasn't all the way sweet. It had a red pepper sauce. Um, and some red peppers in it. And then it also had a meringue on top and some raspberries that sweetened it up. Yeah, really cool. Really cool color. It was actually very orangey-red. So, like, instead of a cheese course, really. Yeah. Normally you get a cheese course in between the savories and the sweets, um, which often I find too heavy. And also, how could you even do a cheese course after five ages of Parmesan? So I think that was smart. Oh, yeah. And then they brought their most famous dessert, which oops. is I dropped the lemon tart. And they literally just bring it and they say, oops, I dropped the lemon tart. And they, and they make push it, it away. so real. They come out and they just go, oops. And you're like, oh my God, what? Because it's been so serious. Yeah. And you're like, what's happening? And then so, they're like, I dropped the lemon tart. It's basically a lemon tart that looks like it's been dropped. I think it's, we've, we've debated this. Hotly debated. Hotly in debated this household. For <coughs> at least 10 minutes. I think, okay, obviously this was revolutionary when it came out 10 years ago or whatever it was. Um, and I think it was still very good. Like, I don't like lemon desserts, and I ate the whole thing, and I thought it was delicious. You thought it was just the taste was meh, and it should be replaced. Like, it's kind of past its time. Yeah, I thought, you know, was it quality? Was it good? Yes, it was, but it wasn't... It was just like good pastry cream and a good shell. Like to me, it wasn't, it's not cool enough to keep on the menu. I do think it's cool that the story is that it was actually dropped the first time they served it. Um, But honestly, I think at this point, it's a little bit gimmicky. 
I think that the dessert is getting by on the gimmick. Um, it's essentially a deconstructed lemon tart, which might have ushered that phase into fine dining. But at this point, deconstruction is, especially in desserts, passe. Um, and I just think that, I think that this dessert needs to be rotated off. So five ages of Parmesan, that's a classic. I wouldn't remove that one. It's good enough to stay. But that's how I feel. A lot of people really love this one, so... That's yeah. one gal's opinion. Now, the dessert that came next... I'm on the keep the lemon tart on the menu opinion. The dessert that came next was way better than the lemon tart. Oh, yeah. So it was a... A baba. A rum baba, which is um, basically like a sweet piece of brioche. It's usually shaped almost like a popover. Um, and then on top of that, they put a rum sauce and whipped cream. Those ricotta. Well, I'm telling you what it is traditionally. Oh. So here they do um, ricotta, and then they do – what kind of fruit was on top of that? I forget. Strawberry. Strawberry, and then they also grate um, a burnt orange. Oh, yeah, that was – really interesting. This um, is my favorite So dessert. the orange comes out all charred, and they just grate it right on top, and it makes this fine dust that just gives you this slightly smoky orange flavor. Um, this was incredible. The portion yeah. was really big, which at the time was too much, but I but loved it. But it's swimming it in the strawberry so sauce, too. So, like, every bite of the brioche and the ricotta is, like, soaked in this all soaks in it the up. strawberry. It's so good. Delicious. Um, and then you get your grand finale of desserts, which is very common in fine dining. And here you got a foie gras popsicle. What yeah. do you think of that one? I really like that. I actually liked all these desserts. They had a little cherry that was filled with, like, sour cherry um, liquid. So when you put it, it, like, popped in your mouth. I like that. I like the foie gras popsicle. And then I like the little chocolate, whatever you said, it was made with something like bones or Yeah, the whatever. chocolate was made with um, blood and bones. Yeah. Um, of the previous diners from the day before. <laughs> I, it's called civet sauce. Yeah. I really liked all these. You you were, well, you, you should say your own. Civet is a thick stew cooked down from hair, blood, and bones. Ah, the hair. And then the yuzu madelines. Did you say that? Oh, yeah. I forgot the yuzu madelines. On the side. Um, really good. I liked all of these bites. The foie gras popsicle was probably my least favorite. Didn't have too much flavor to me. Um, I wish the yuzu madelines were filled with yuzu, but they were just flavored with yuzu. So my favorite was the, I loved the cherry, the amarina cherry with the juice inside, and I liked the camouflage one. I had no idea at the time it had blood in it. Pretty sure the guy said that, but first of all, even if we had understood him say civet, we didn't know what that was until we looked it up later. So um, really, yeah. really cool, especially now that I know. And really awesome to look at with the camouflage colors on top. Well, that's it. So, so, so why don't you give your final opinion thoughts? On the way out, we saw a trash bag, and I'm like, Jason, this is so weird. Why is there a trash bag in the middle of the restaurant? <coughs> and then he told me it was an art piece, and I didn't believe him. Yeah. Turns out he's right. <laughs> it's an art piece. They don't just randomly have a trash bag. Um, I liked it. It was top five of the places we've been. It was not as good to me as Atelier Crenn or Funky Gourmet, and it was perhaps tastier but not as creative to me as Central, um, and it's not even on the same planet as Noma. So, like Jason said, we were just there a week before, so it's really difficult yeah, here's my thing. to say, but that's how I feel. Here's my thing that I'll say. is like Noma is clearly on another plane than any other restaurant we've ever been to, so... Going to this place a week after, I think, has really tainted our opinion. And I almost wish we would have done it the reverse way somehow. Gone to Austria Francescana first and then Noma because I think we would have had a different viewpoint on this. I'll say um, it did not live up to my expectation, but I had very high expectations, especially when it was, you know, when it's voted number one restaurant in the world you have very high expectations for it. Um, and my expectations were basically Noma level, and it was not Noma level. That being said, I did really like it. 
Um, there were some dishes that were outstanding. There were some misses, like we said, but they're like the Parmesan course, like maybe other than was the wasabi legacy from Tim Rao, which is my all time favorite dish of all time, like might be number two for me. I'll have to really think about that. It might be best thing that I ate this year. It might be. Um, wow. And just like the creativity and what was cool, we did buy, I bought the book, which I like to buy at these restaurants. And this one's really good. Gives a, yeah, gives the book a, is excellent. Gives a really good background of just everything, a bunch of the famous dishes. And hearing the history or reading the history rather about the dishes really enhanced a lot of them for me. I appreciate them more. And of course, I love his personality and I love, like, there's a lot of heart in what he's doing. Yeah, um, I think what, I mean, it's know. hard it's hard for us to tell, like, say, hey, you need to, like, completely redo the restaurant because it's a little outdated, especially compared to other restaurants in the world, especially when you just got number one ranked in the world. So, it's, I mean, who are we to tell him to change? But I would like to see, like, in the next few years, maybe he changes the layout of the restaurant because I and kind of the flow. I think that would make a bigger difference. But... Overall, I mean, service was top-notch. We didn't talk about the drinks, which I would like to mention very fast because... Yeah, Jason got some... I got all these sodas. There's not a juice pairing, but he did non-alcoholic But they just made sodas, and they were excellent. Very good. I tried Very good. And the last one was um, a... What was it? It was coffee orange. So it was like a... Like an iced espresso, basically. So they made their own... They made all these sodas, like... For me, I'm sure they like have these already done. I had about five, um, and they were all local ingredients. But this one was orange, and then they took um, the coffee beans and they like shaved them in there, and then added a little iced coffee, and it was fantastic. And the wine you got one wine that was very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, the and wine here is going to be yeah. top notch. Um, but yeah, so. I loved your, your drinks. I think that I, I liked some of your drinks actually more than Noma's drinks because I also tried your drinks at Noma. And I love the drinks at Noma. Yeah. That, it, it, they were different, a, though, because... You had, like, a blackberry one. They were juices. At Noma, they were juices. Right, Here, was, they were sodas. More. Right. Well, the one, though, was, like, a blackberry juice. Yeah. It was just really good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely worth going to. Like, it was good. Great. A lot of people have been saying, do you think it's worth the trip just for that? Yeah, for sure. I would go just for that. Well, for me, I'd say only, I wouldn't, say if it were in, like, Belarus, no. Yeah, oh yeah. I'm going to say yes, just because you're in Florence, there's so much If you're a food, food person, for sure, it's definitely worth going. And actually, just going to that region, the one thing I'd like to do next is go to one of the Parmesan places where they actually make the Parmesan. And listen to the Parmesan, the way yeah. he did. Um, there's a lot of good food stuff to do around there, but yeah, would I, I, I think, I mean, Say we did, isolated. Yeah, I, I would travel, do. I would come back for it. Yeah. If food is one of your things for sure. And it was a fun adventure, a fun day trip from, uh, Florence. I, we, it did take all day though, because the trains going back were delayed all told, about an hour and a half. Yeah, we left at 10. Our reservation was at 12.30. Um, and we didn't get back home till 6. Yeah, it was, a long, it was a long day, but it was definitely like an adventure and fun. Yeah. So that part was, you know, if you're in Florence and, you you know, it's definitely worth a trip. I, If you can, maybe I'd say rent a car. Yeah. In the but fall, not, we rented a car and we did Ravenna. And um, I don't think it's necessary to rent a car, but well, it is. It ended up being not that cheap, though, to take the trains. Yeah, the train was pretty expensive, but it did. It, it's kind of a pain in the ass to park your car in places. I was going to say, and having a car in Florence would be terrible. I think having yeah. a car in Modena is no big deal, but. Yeah, for, if you're just going for a day, I would definitely take yeah, the, train. Just the train. Yeah. Do you want to do some Charlotte news? Well, I think you should. Yeah, we'll do Charlotte news and then. Is there anything else you want to say? Well, I, I want to do the best thing we ate there. Okay. Which, I mean, I feel like we should we even say that it's the Parmesan. It's for the you Parmesan too. for both of yeah. us. Five yeah. pages of Parmesan. Well, we have some news. A little bit of it is perhaps outdated because it's from last week too. 
Um, but we'll just kind of quickly go through it. Let's go through it, baby. Um, Ace of Spuds, which is a new potato truck, which had a, its soft opening in Camp North End, and now I think they're open. open. A soft potato opening? Yeah, a soft potato opening. Wow. Um, Rico's Acai Truck Brick and Order is open by Volani's and Plaza Midwood. You meant to say brick and mortar, but we do what you're talking about. What did I say? Brick and order. No, did I? Watch the tape, bro. Oh, shoot. All right. Um, I'm excited about this because it's close to where we live. Um, Romere Bearden Park has a stand that they use for the Christmas market to sell, like, mulled wine and things. And they've opened up a coffee cafe there. Oh. Sort of facing... um, Loosen up my buttons, babe. You know, that area facing the arcade. Oh, yeah. It's right there. So that'll be exciting. Um, the Queen and Glass, which is the owners of the People's Market in Dilworth. You know them? Yeah, They I know have them. a new cocktail place next door. That's, That's great. officially officially open. Um, Soul Food Meats has spiked frozen bubble tea. Oh. And that's something to look forward to that's, when we go home. That's real news right there. Um, Charleston-based Verde Build Your Own Salad Company. It's a chain, obviously, is coming to Ballantine. Who doesn't like that? Um, and then a Superica is coming to Strawberry Hill, which is super random. Strawberry Hills forever. Isn't that random? Let's see your South Park, so it makes sense. It's just like that one bagel place your grandma likes in a fresh market. Yeah. And then a bunch of apartments. Fills. Fills All those telling. people who live over there, good for them. <coughs> How are you feeling, Jason? Um, I could be better. It's not great. This might be my last night on planet Earth, so if it is, it's been a really it's been good great trip. Yeah, it's been a really good trip. Anything else you want to say? Um, I will say that NetSuite's pod, we're going to cover basically everything else we've done on this trip because the last two weeks have been Noma and Osteria. So we're going to talk about all the other little places. We've been doing some good eating. Don't you worry. Oh, my God. Like we went to Cafe Sicilia, and it's the you best. Guys. It's the best. But we're not going to talk about it now. But tonight, so, I just need you to know I had gelato, a piece of cake, and half a cannoli. Arrivederci. Oh, too much. <laughs>